Hello and welcome to the second episode of our three-part series doing the AVSJ Awards. Uh, I'm here with my buddy Aaron and again with our referee Joe. How are you both doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Jay? Once again, very well. I don't feel that different <laughs> from the last time you asked me, to be honest. <laughs> I'm pleased you're keeping that consistency up. <laughs> yeah, we're back, back for Category 2. Category 1, if you haven't listened to it, you should. All right. Um, because, I mean, we shouldn't have any spoilers from it today, but even so, go and listen to them in order. It makes more sense. Yeah. And even if we do have spoilers, you should have just heard it already if you're a real fan. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, actually, as a spoiler, just to make you, you have to now go and listen to it. <laughs> I, I should re emphasize because I don't know if I said it enough. I actually really like paying black girls <laughs> as a winner. I was only going in on it because I had to argue my case. But congratulations to any. A worthy winner, I would say. <laughs> and if that's been spoiled for you, that's your own fault. You had enough warning. So obviously, albums of the year. Let's announce our top four. Uh, do you mm-hmm. want to start us off? Okay. My albums... Number four. Number four, Everything by Kota the Friend. Um, number four, not actually an album, so it's going to be Projects of the Year, Morning Matters by Yasmin Lacey. Uh, number three was Gems in the Cornerstone by LUJ and J-Rob. I hope I said that right. Yeah, I um, never know how to say his name either. I, I can read it in my head and it makes sense. Yeah. But I think it is J-Rob, yeah. No, I meant. I was thinking. Yeah, so L- yeah. <laughs> I was joking. Bro. <laughs> I thought you, you would have got me there. that. You got me there. I think that you double B. There. I thought the double B was just throwing you off. J. Rubble. My number three is um, Everything's Beautiful by Princess Nokia. Uh, my number two, uh, What Kind of Music by Tom Mish and Yusuf Days. Uh, my number two is Circles by Mac Miller. And my number one, Limbo by Amine. And my number one is Manger on McNichols by um, Boldy James and produced by Sterling Tolls. It's like a collaborative project. You know what? I had never heard of this album until you put it in there. And I was like, it's just the most classic Aaron to just put like this niche Trust me. like lyric heavy album <laughs> is his best album it of is 2020 a, it's a fucking dense album yeah also dense. before we get into it it took apparently over 10 years to make shut up really yeah apparently they recorded his well he recorded his first verses for it like in 2006 or 2007 and then they built all the music around it and then they came back and re-recorded some verses Should we get right into it then? Yeah. Because we started with my number one first last time. Let's mm-hmm. do your number one first this time. Okay. My number one, Limbo by Amine. Um, obviously, we talk about Amine a lot on this podcast. And I think we've even talked about this particular album before on this podcast. But uh, yeah, he's from Portland. He, I think this is his third album. It's got a lot of varied songs on it. Like a lot of different themes going on. Uh, some about like grievance, 
and morning. Some about uh, pressure in my palms is like what we um, discussed last week on the pod. Uh, some about <laughs> relationship. It was about pressure in my palms. <laughs> <laughs> no, pressure in my palms that we chatted about about like uh, black mm. excellence and things like that. Some about relationships, and I think yeah, it's probably his most consistent album for sure. The others, like the first album we did, Yellow, was kind of like more pop rap, mm. like some bangers for some miss. And then the last album, 1.5, was like mm. a lot of good production, but not that much like substance to it. I think 1.5 wasn't an official album. Yeah, he didn't call it an album, but like it was an album. It was an album, wasn't it? Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, this one, I feel like he's got a good balance in there of like a lot of different themes, a lot of cool and interesting things to cover. Really good bars, really good production. All round mm-hmm. top quality album. Um, I agree that it's definitely his best album. Like mm-hmm. by, by a long way, I would say. Obviously, I'm arguing against it, but I think it's like the rest of them were all... You could see that he was good. But you didn't. He didn't really do anything with it. It was all, mm-hmm. especially the first one. It was a bit too poppy, and it was like trying to get hits. But I yeah. think this one's definitely his best. So, "Morning Matters" by Yasmin Lacey. Um, like I said, not an album, which is a bit. I mean, I'm, it's an EP. It's five songs, twenty-one minutes. Um, I think that's kind of my own fault for choosing it. That it's going to be shorter. I, I've accepted that. But what it is is five really really good songs all really well produced really smooth it's actually the third in a ep series um and it's kind of they all interact and but i think you can kind of you can definitely appreciate it on its own without knowing the others but there are songs where they kind of mirror other songs from the previous eps Mm -hmm. um it's like kind of soulful jazz good vibes it's like a very optimistic Happy, warm album. Hello, morning. You look good. Good to me. Kiss in the sky. I can feel it move me. But on my own, I will share this morning. Kiss the sunrise with my eyes. I mean, the fact that it's quite short. I don't really think is a negative you kind of all the songs are good there's nothing that you need to skip you can just kind of put it on in the morning you'll have a nice time it will kind of set you up for a lovely day and it it doesn't grab your attention but it also does get stuck in your head so it's like the perfect balance for me mm-hmm. you know I when I was listening to it then uh, I realised Morning Sunrise which I mm-hmm. think the fourth track on it is a cover of another song is it? I think also called Morning Sunrise that like Mm. I just heard on like some soul playlist or something and she, it, to be fair it's like a really really good cover of it mm-hmm. um, I would just say in this comparison like the Yasmin Lacey songs are kind of similar there's five of them it's quite short whereas mm-hmm. Amina's is like a full body of work going into like all these really 
important themes and kind of like exploring a lot of different things mm-hmm. and obviously like with a bigger budget and more marketing like it's probably gonna get better like re- uh, resources mm-hmm. so in my mind like I, I like the Yasmin Lacey one but like obviously I mean this one is better but for me with it only being like you're saying it's only five songs whatever and then how do you know how many tracks are on the Amina album uh, I want to say like 12 did he, did he just release a really deluxe sure. version as well yeah yeah with another did. like five songs I'm not like, I would say the fact that it's a full album isn't necessarily a positive because I think there's quite a few skips on there for me on the Amina um, yeah Really? That's kind of showing Joe's bias. No, <laughs> no, 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 that, that, no, that doesn't. I'm a, I'm, it just shows that I'm a fan of both. Yeah, let's leave okay. it at that. <laughs> um, I think personally that with that album, there's like obviously there's high points and there are good songs, but there's quite a few songs that I think are less in quality. And I'll get more in, um, into detail on that later because I assume this will probably go through anyway. Uh, yeah, like I said, I just think this is a it shouldn't really lose any points for being short because everything's good on there compared to something that's longer but not as good and not as consistent yeah but i would even argue that like the high points of limbo are so much higher than on um morning matters Mm -hmm. and even the low points on limbo like i don't think there are any really filler tracks Mm -hmm. in the same way that you do but even the low points not even easy still Bro, Easy's a banger. Easy, Easy is, is not a, a banger. banger. Is that the one with the one Easy's with Summer, the one Walker. With Summer Walker? No, that's a banger. And that is, it's that's not a banger. A banger. That's, that's the banger. most lazy chorus you could ever come up with. And they they don't interact well on the song. Amine's singing is annoying on the song. I said I'll get into this later, but I'll, I'll <laughs> let him loose. <laughs> hold like, me back. Hold me back. <laughs> I really like Summer Walker, and I thought this was going to be a really nice song. And I was really disappointed. I just find it like really annoying. The chorus, oh my god, it's like, oh, we need some loving and some fucking, and then it's just like it just says that again, or something like that. And it's like a love song, and that is all they could come up with is we, real good loving and real good fucking. And like, come on, I'm not mad at it. And yeah, I'm not mad at it either. I think <laughs> oh the production is sick. I'm not saying it's um, the best song on the album, but I'm not mad at it. I would actually say it's probably. Your third <laughs> most no 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 the third the third most played song on the album for me. Pressure in my palms are you saying? It's Obviously, pressure in my palms is the best. Then shimmy, then probably easy. I don't. I can't believe that you're saying that. But I I really don't like that song. Um, and I like all of my songs. But I get. I do probably agree that the highs on Limbo are higher than the highs on Morning Matters. But I just don't think there's any lows on it. And so that's yeah, but comparison. I would just say like Warning Matters is consistently a seven, seven-ish. Mm-hmm. Whereas even the low points on Limbo are still a seven, and the higher points are like nine. I mean, I feel like there's like the decisions kind of already made. Yeah, I don't even don't know how much I have to chime in here, really. But um, <laughs> I feel I feel like Limbo's got to take it, hasn't it? I mean, it made it made sense to be uh, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. I liked I liked the Yasmin Lacey project, especially Morning Sunrise. Mm-hmm. Um, but Amina's just had a lot more to it. Yeah. I, I don't mm-hmm. don't uh, take that as me not liking the Yasmin Lacey project. I actually love that project. Um, yeah. That Limbo just has so much going for it, doesn't it? <laughs>
Um, so next up, we've got your number two versus my number three. Um, so I've got Everything is Beautiful by Princess Nokia. And you've got Tom Mish and Yusuf Days. What kind of music? Mm-hmm. Would you like to go first? I can do. Yeah. Go on, Em. This album, again, is a part of a series. It's like a, there was a two part to this. So there was Everything's Beautiful and then Everything, Everything sucks. sucks. Yeah. And they came out on the same time, same day. Um, I personally much preferred Everything's Beautiful. And you can obviously listen to them both independently, but you've got the benefit as well of having the contrast between the two. Um, I think it was a little bit harmed by when it came out. It came out um, on the 26th of February, which is like, that's pretty much when the whole stock market thing was happening. Crash, that is. Um, And when Corona was really kicking off as like a global issue rather than just like a a broad issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel like this album kind of just got overlooked. Um, What it is, is a really good kind of varied album. There's lots of variation to the flows, there's lots of variation to the beats, but it's always good, it's always consistent. I am Gemini, super fly, fly guy. I am Gemini, two heads, one eye. I am Gemini, like Pac, Andre, Lauren, and Kanye, boy George, and Anne Frank. I am Gemini, but no, I'm not fake. I am Gryffindor, but don't move like snake. I am Gemini, people love to call me crazy, but they judging and they hating, and I'm too gone for explaining. It's quite like childish at times. At times it's overly simplistic. Like the opening track, Green Eggs and Ham, is like kind of trying to play into the childlike nature. And it's all about kind of holding on to our youth and like people struggling with growing up. Um, But then as the album progresses, there's a lot more like self-acceptance and kind of recognising your weirdness, but in a positive way. Um, which I think is a lovely, lovely message for the times. And I think it's just like a really good album overall. I don't think there's any skippable tracks. I think the features are really good. I think the Ocean feature, I mean, I'm pleased to have Ocean in a more mainstream light there. Um, And I just think it's all good, personally. Mm. No, I did actually really enjoy that album. And I hadn't... No, you're right. I probably did get overlooked because I hadn't even heard of it until we submitted our things for this. Although I had heard Sugar Honey Iced Tea already, yeah. which I did like. I didn't even mention that, but we'll get <laughs> <to it. laughs> uh, Yeah, my one, What Kind of Music by Tom Mish and Use of Days. I think the reason why I enjoyed it so much is it kind of just boils down to two guys who are insanely good musicians just enjoying creative music. And they definitely have like more kind of uh not mainstream but more like maybe radio friendly kind of songs with like Night Rider that has Freddie Gibbs on it. It's kind of even just like a film soundtrack vibe of like you start it, you kind of put it on, like kind of takes you through this almost journey kind of thing. And yeah, like it's just really, it's two guys who are just sick of music doing what they love. And it's so impressive, like what they do, like the kind of techniques they have. Uh, 
I should also mention that it's like Tom Mish on guitars and most of the singing and Yusuf, Yusuf Days does most of the drumming. Um, and yeah, like as a music producer and like a musician, whatever, I felt like I could just really appreciate what they were doing with this album. And I also thought no low points to it. Um, I remember when this album came out, you said that I'd really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and whilst I um, can appreciate the musicianship going on and the quality that obviously exists in each song, they're, they're obviously really good at making music. I find the listening experience as an album thoroughly boring. Like really, the really? songs in isolation. If you took if you took any of the songs out, you played it in a playlist. I'd probably enjoy them. All the songs are good, but to go and sit through that whole thing for me is really like I, I just didn't enjoy it. I I had like the complete opposite thing, like things like that. I kind of thought like, yeah, individually the songs are good, but I never really listened to the like, other than Night Rider. I never really listened to the songs individually. I would just listen to it as an album, like put it on while I'm doing something. And like, you don't even really notice when it t- like goes from one song into the other. It all kind of just flows and sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. And also while we're on Night Rider, excellent use of feature with Freddie Gibbs. Yeah, it's a good feature. And the rest of the features are all just um, like musical contributions, not like yeah. verses, yeah. aren't they? Um, and they're all good. But like, I just, I really, it took me quite a few tries to actually get through the whole album. That's a bit mad. That is That is wild. me being honest. That's um, a bit mad. Like I said, all the songs are good and I do appreciate that they're good musicians. Um, but like, there's only so much to be said about being impressed. Like, the fact that I'm impressed doesn't mean that I was enjoying it. <laughs> I don't even know how to uh, take that. Yeah, in. I didn't really know about that one. <laughs> like, like, I mean, you can just say like they're just showing you how good they are musically at their instruments, mm. but that doesn't mean they can craft a good song together. No, I don't think that's true. I actually understand what you're saying, but I don't necessarily think it's true. For like, I think there are plenty of good songs on the album. Mm. No, there are good songs on the album, but the al—that's what I'm saying. There are good songs on the album, but listening to it is not a good experience if you take the songs out of the album and you look at them in isolation not all of them are good but a lot of them are good and the performances on them are good but that doesn't make them a good song i feel like i said good so many times (laughs) you're like this is good this is good this is good that makes it not good (laughs) no i don't know in in comparison to uh everything is beautiful i've only listened to it once the whole way through and mm-hmm. there were definitely some songs I did like and some filler songs. And you're right, the one with Ocean, that was like mm-hmm. a really good song and um, Sugar Honey Ice Tea I really enjoyed as well. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they're kind of opposites in the fact that the Princess Nokia album, I mm-hmm. would probably pick out the songs I like, put them into playlists and then just listen to those. Whereas Tom Mesh and Use Day's album, I would listen to as a whole album and if we're judging it based on what is the best album I don't think it's really wise to just say this one has the best singles so that one should go through like it should be based on the album as a whole but and I in don't my think opinion, it... and in my opinion what kind of music is a better album 
uh, we probably across the these series going to say in my opinion like about a million times <laughs> because we because that is all this is yeah of course but in my opinion i think it's actually a good album experience i'd obviously listened to it earlier in the year and i kind of revisited it a few times and at mm. first first time i went this is what i do with most albums first time i go through it if there's a song that stands out i'll put it in the playlist and i won't i don't often listen to albums um but when i came back to it i started to just have it kind of on repeat because i really mm. enjoy how the tracks go from one to the other i think they all work well together um and i think it is a good album experience Fair. maybe because you've only listened to it once it's more difficult to yeah that's definitely songs. possible mm. Um, right, Joe, first decision to make. I, like Jules, have not listened to Princess Nokia's album that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that you love it, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if you can see where I'm going with this. Um, yeah, obviously. <laughs> But I, I think fundamentally, I don't know, if, I guess we just disagree, but I think your argument that what kind of music is not a good cohesive project is just, it's just wrong. Like I think- I'm it- not saying it's not a good cohesive project. I'm saying it's not a good listening experience as a project. Well, I think that being your main argument, I think I disagree. And so I think what kind of music goes through to the next round? I really, 100% honestly, I really, really struggled to listen to that album. No, that's that's fair. I'm not. It's... I'm not. I'm not calling you a liar, here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think it works pretty well as a project. Like I think you could listen to the singles on it, or or not necessarily the singles, but like track by track, or you could listen to it as a whole project and have a lot of fun either way. Next up, we've got your number three, Gems in the Corner Store versus Circles. Okay, so Gems in the Corner Store. Yeah, also I would call it a project rather than an album because it's like, I think 10 songs, but it's only about 28 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's quick run through for each thing. Um, it was released on Soul Action, which if you don't, for the listeners who might not know it, like it's a radio slash label uh, from America. They have like their own radio show on Beats One, but they also did a lot of shit with like Kate Renata when he was first coming up and like Mr. Carmack and people like that and I feel like just from listening to it like you can it's kind of like that alternative hip-hop R&B kind of vibe but you can just hear like so many different influences so many different vibes like it's obviously influenced by people like Dilla by Smino like that kind of thing and I feel like it kind of is progressing R&B and that kind of subsection of R&B, like it's developing it really well. And there's kind of an argument on Twitter. I don't know, you might disagree to the R&B is kind of stagnated. And I feel like this album 
is really like developing it into something new and showing like what R&B can be and how it can be mixed with hip hop. And I personally really enjoyed it. Like production is sick, nice singing on it. Um, but I also love Soul Election. So I feel like this is just the kind of thing that's right on my street. Fair enough. Lovely introduction there, Jules. So Circles, I mean, I'm probably going to retread some ground that I did last week um, because I was talking about good news and I had a similar kind of experience with Circles. When it initially came out, I thought, um, like, this is fine. It's kind of very low-key. It's clearly like a change in direction for Mac Miller, which is, like I said last time, like, it's a strange thing to do with a posthumous album. You kind of just want, like, more of the same um, from one of your favourite artists. And so, obviously, the year that we've had has happened. And, like, I was really struggling to listen to new music at some point. And so I thought I should give this album another go because it's Mac Miller's last album and there's got to be, like, it's got to be something more than I initially gave it credit for. And then when I was revisiting it, it suddenly all kind of made sense. Well, this mad world made me crazy. Might just turn around the 180. I ain't politic and I ain't kissing no baby. The devil on my doorstep being so shady. Mm, don't trip. We don't gotta let him in. Don't trip. Yeah, yeah. I let it go, but I never go with it. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, cool as fuck. Like the fact that it's a counterpart to swimming, and you have the kind of first song, um, Circles, where he talks about how there's the line about like just ending up right back at the start of the line. So, like having that as a counterpoint to swimming, where you've got him talking about all the progression he's trying to make and how he's trying to become clean and all that kind of stuff. And then you just end up back at the start again. Like it's an impossible cycle to break free of. Um, I mean, like I said last time, it's kind of pretty heartbreaking. Like it's. It's a very sad album if you're going to listen to it from that perspective. Um, but it's also musically a really good album. Um, it kind of tells a story with the way that the songs are produced. So you've got um, songs like, uh, what's it called? Like Blue World or Blue Lines? Yeah, Blue World, produced by uh, one of the guys from Disclosure. Yeah, I really? saw that. I can't remember if it was Guy or Howard, but I think it was Guy. Yeah, I think it doesn't matter. um like you've got that song and it's about kind of like him trying to hide in the music and the way that the song's produced is kind of like a bit more flashy and it's a bit more like trying to give off a positive vibe that you could easily take from the song um unless you're listening to lyrics which is kind of a theme throughout the album um yeah i mean we probably both got a lot to say about this album and i think it was just Mm. really good really good and really important to have as kind of a sense of closure and just expanding on everything yeah i mean one of the reasons why i didn't pick it is because similar to good news in the song of the year like i kind of knew you were gonna have it and i thought Mm -hmm. it'd be good to keep the options varied anyway but even like before i thought that i kind of did think i think what happened was in my opinion every matt miller fan Mm-hmm. likes a different phase of Matt Miller do you know what I mean yeah. so like mm-hmm. my phase of Matt Miller that I really like is when he was doing like Good AM mm-hmm. and then for you Aaron not to put words in your mouth but you really enjoyed like the swimming era mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then when I chat about Matt Miller with Sidders, who we've had on the podcast before, he always tells me like Faces was definitely the era that he likes the most. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when I first heard it, then it was just like, I knew it was going to be his last album and it wasn't the Mac Miller that I wanted it to be, which is unfair for me to criticize because like, mm-hmm. it'd be boring if you just made the same album every time. So I think that's kind of one of the reasons why I didn't revisit it that much. But mm-hmm. in preparation for this, I did listen to it again. And it is a sick album. Like the storytelling sick is obviously heartbreaking as you were discussing. Um, one of the reasons why I didn't really enjoy it that much the first time I listened to it is because I thought it kind of tails off a bit in the second half. Um, mm-hmm. There are still good songs in the second half, but when it gets to like around the bit with like, that's not me, um, like I was just like, okay, there's not as many good songs here as in the first half of the album. I do disagree, by the way, but I'm just saying. Okay. You point. Um, <laughs> but that being said, like Blue World is sick. And actually, Guy Lawrence, the guy from Disclosure, he did mm-hmm. like a Twitch video that's now on YouTube you can see of how he produced the song. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just so mad how they did it. Like they got mm-hmm. some 40s jazz uh barbershop quartet sample and flipped it into that beat which is crazy mm-hmm. but um i don't know i like gems in the corner saw because i just feel like that is an album tailored towards me mm-hmm. i appreciate it's probably not for the masses in this battle and would maybe be scandalous if it won but <laughs> if it was like uh jules is a jules's opinion what is the mm-hmm. most curated to his taste it would probably be gems in the corner store with Gems in the Corner Store for me, I really felt, not to be mean again, it, it. I left it with kind of no impression of it at all. I listened to the album and I didn't really think any of it was particularly memorable. The, the things that stood out for me were the songs that I didn't like. Like that was the thing that I could remember. I didn't, le- I didn't listen to it and then like I could remember any hook or any chorus or any line. There aren't particularly any good lines. It's all well produced and it's all performed fairly well but i wouldn't say that there's any like charisma to any of his delivery he's kind of a bit like his voice is a little bit like a mix between kind of masego and saba but like without any of the likability or the storytelling or the actual like charisma so savage <laughs> um, <laughs> the song i really hated was gold buddha i really really didn't like that at all it's got a feature on it but i can't remember who it was um and then there's a song with i don't know if it's pronounced zylo or zilo and this she has a song called don't waste my time and this song was called something like wasting my time and on her feature she sings a bit of that song and i was like oh i remember that song that song's so much better than this song and it just kind of (laughs) (laughs) and like i I was just like why am i listening to this instead of that yeah fair i i mean i enjoyed all the songs i did think that gold buddha song was probably the weakest one just because foggy raw who does the feature sounds Mm -hmm. like a less good jay prince Mm. but um romdeful on his feature is really good cicero on Mm -hmm. his feature is really good the cicero feature i really liked actually um came for as well Mm -hmm. i really like that because it just had like kind of that steve lacy like the internet vibes um 
like beautiful guitar, like lovely singing. I don't know, to me, like it was just, I appreciate it doesn't have the same like lyrical depth mm -hmm. as circles, but to me, it was just like really catered towards my musical preferences. Just because we were talking about features, I only realized this in the research doing for the doing the research for this podcast um i'm not sure how familiar you are with circles but do you know the, the song hand me downs yeah it's got yeah. a feature on it from that random bro i Who thought i thought up until doing the research that it was rex orange county because it sounds so much like him like it yeah. sounds identical to him is someone called like barrow sura or barrow circa or something like that I can't yeah, remember. I think that's my I've favorite. I think that's my favorite song on the album. You know, Hand Me Downs. It's a really good song. I do really like. Yeah, Barrosura. Did you think it was Rex Orange County, Joe? Or was that just me? I, to be honest, I didn't really make the connection, but that doesn't mean you're not right, mate. Oh, <laughs> 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 right, I feel like we're uh, decision making time. Yeah, I would say so. Um, all right. Well, with with gems in the cornerstone, Jules. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd never actually heard about it before doing a bit of research for this uh, podcast, and I actually did like it quite a lot. I think it's quite up my street. Um, but I just think the thing about uh, circles. It's just got a bit more about it, hasn't it? I, I don't want to say. I don't want to say. To the level where Aaron said it has no charisma. You're, uh, <laughs> I feel like that's harsh, but I feel like Circles does just have quite a lot more going on and like has obviously pretty deep message and the context behind it. I think it would be criminal if it doesn't doesn't go through. Yeah, no, mm. I would I would completely agree, and I feel like the it's a similar comparison to having Limbo going against Morning Matters. Yeah, mm -hmm. like Limbo was the obvious winner. Cycles here is probably the obvious winner. So next round, um, everything by Coat of the Friend versus Major Manger on McNichols by Baldy James and Sterling Tolls. I feel like I might as well start mm -hmm. because I already started talking about it earlier. So like I said before, um, this album took a very very long time to all come together it took like over 10 years for everything to be finalized and boldy james before he's had like a he's put out like i think four different projects this year one of them produced by alchemist one produced by sterling tolls and two others i've forgotten who one with someone else but i can't remember um and before this year i didn't really know very much about him at all he was kind of in the category for me is like a just like another kind of druggy like cocaine rapper if you know what i mean like talking about selling drugs on the street which is fun every now and then but it's not like what i go to listen to this album is one of the most ambitious albums i've listened to for a long time age ain't nothing but a number and i ain't never claimed to be something that i was Bo, that's my name, don't wear it out. Kind creatures, that's my gang, you know my whereabouts. If you test my aim, then I'ma air you out. So you best behave, be on your best behavior. Bo, you be the met my neighbors. One more game, because in both hands. Like the lyrical con. Again, I don't know what it is with me. I don't know if I'm drawn to darker things, but like, it's a very, 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 very bleak album. Like, it's kind of almost at times it's like kind of scary the atmosphere they create 
So you've got like really in-depth, very detailed and very brutal storing, storytelling um, from Boldy James throughout. And then the beats are kind of just like, it almost feels like, it's like kind of experimental jazz. They're not like traditional hip hop beats at all. And they're kind of telling their own story that seems like it's fighting Boldy James's story, but it's also just providing like a perfect backdrop for it and creating like a really good atmosphere to tell all the songs. Um, I can get more into detail, but I don't want to just fucking go on about it for years before we can talk about Kota. So, <laughs> yeah. So Kota the friend uh, released everything. Also, like in the middle of lockdown, I think it must have been mm-hmm. about April. Um, mm-hmm. So. I just remember like weather was starting to pick up a bit. I could sit in my garden, like mm-hmm. had nothing to do. So I'd sit there, listen to this album. And I feel like it was the perfect album for that time. She a whole mood. There ain't nothing that I won't do. Chilling at the bar while she back it up. A good girl, but she acting up. A good girl, but she bad as fuck. She on 10, but I'm catching up. She swept me and I guess her up. I'll be dumb if I pass it up. Those eyes said I had to jump. And her mind said I had to one. Beautiful guitars. Uh, beautiful singing throughout. Um, excellent use of features. I feel like that's another mm-hmm. another big plus, especially on BQE, which is a song about New York. And he even got... Joey Bad and Bass, who are like obviously from New York, and it mm-hmm. felt like a real like homecoming anthem kind of track. Um, and yeah, like similar to Gems in the Corner Store, I just feel like this album is kind of catered towards me. I had to put it mm-hmm. fourth because I didn't think kind of it had as much substance to it as um, Limbo and what kind of music, but mm-hmm. I feel like. There weren't any songs that I would skip. I liked every song on it. He, like, Coat the Friend is a really good rapper. He's got really good flows. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I feel like not only would I take my favorite songs on it, but I'd happily listen to the whole thing throughout. Like, I could do it either way. I really like Coter. I mean, we he actually, I reviewed one of his shows on here and his manager was really nice. I mean, I, I liked this album. Um, I do think his performance wasn't the strongest. I don't like this album as much as some of his other albums. I don't think it's got any songs on it that are as memorable as he has on his previous projects. And I think songs like BQE, when he's trying to be like really a, a big voice for that chorus, I would have preferred it if one of the features did the chorus because I feel like they came off better. They had that kind of energy that isn't his normal energy that he was trying to go for. Um, I also think that, I mean, obviously comparing these two albums is a bit redundant because one's like a really dense exploration into this guy's life and like also just looking at racism and society and everything. And the other one is just like, oh, we should try and be happy. And I do appreciate the message of trying to be happy, but I also feel like it could have been explored in a slightly more detailed way um the production on it's all good his performance is all good but it's all very samey i don't think there's a lot of um variety sorry to his flows to his voice to much on it on really at all yeah i mean i would kind of disagree on that last point like from bqe to long beach is like track three to track four 
I feel mm-hmm. like they're both kind of similar. Obviously, they're both places in or like things in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have like very different production, like very different sounds. So I don't know if I'd completely agree with that last point that it's all samey. And I would say that it kind of keeps like a central theme and mm-hmm. like a similar vibe throughout. But I wouldn't say that it's samey in the same way. But I think with Long Beach, that being a, an attempted point of difference, that's probably my least favorite song on there. Really? I really like Long yeah. Beach. I didn't like it. I also thought some of the hooks throughout the album were a little bit weak. Like Mikasa, I thought was pretty skippable, and I didn't think the chorus. I think the chorus kind of just came off a bit awkward. Um, I liked, like I say, I liked the features. I think Kyle's feature was really good, um, but I think the features kind of came with a bit more energy than he had, and they were kind of outperforming him on his album, mm. which isn't really what you should be having. I mean, in response, I just think. To compare everything in Main Drum at Nichols, I think there is definitely a mood I have to be in to listen to Main Drum at Nichols. And mm-hmm. to add to that, I don't think I'd listen to many of the songs on their own, just like doing things like going on a walk or commuting or mm-hmm. about the house. It's very much like a, it's almost like a film kind of like sit down and listen to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like everything is a lot more accessible to me. And that's not to say that what mm-hmm. Major and Nichols is saying isn't accessible. I just feel like I am more connected to everything than I am to Major and Nichols. But to have that as a comparison is like what we were saying before with Everything's Beautiful and What Kind of Music. Like, Everything is Beautiful is a much more accessible album than What Kind of Music. But as most of us agreed, uh, well, as you agreed, <laughs> it doesn't make it a better album just because you can listen to it in more settings. I, I completely agree that you have to be in the right mood to listen to Mandrill McNichols. Like, it's a very dark album. It's like really experimental and really ambitious with what it's trying to do. But I think it pulls it off incredibly. And I think that do- it shouldn't then be detracted from. Like, if you watch a really good film, um, but it's really depressing it doesn't make it not a good film because you don't want to watch it every day yeah I'm just going to say it Manger and McNichols won they wins the round <laughs> well you know why though it's because I actually I was going to say on the pod I listened to it didn't love it but you know mm-hmm. what Aaron's argument made me feel dumb <laughs> he made me <laughs> he made me want to go back and listen right now I think what did I miss why didn't I get it and it has to go through for that Coders, it was fine. It was like, all right, I'd have it on in the background, <laughs> but that was it. Mm-hmm. Joe, so, are you saying to win, all I have to do is just make you feel dumb? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I did, I'm, no, I want to be inspired, Jules, and I'm inspired to go back and listen to that album now. Let's do Amine versus Circles. Fucking hell. All right. Which is a bit of a, a mad comparison but it's okay. Mad in what way? Well, they're just very different albums, aren't they? I mean, I think it's almost unfair, the kind of context of Circles, because it makes it seem like it shouldn't be beaten. And I don't think it should be beaten on this case. Um, but I think the, that context of it kind of makes it a bit difficult because you don't want to seem like you're disrespecting the album, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, Amine, first track is really good. 
I can't remember what it's called. The beat is really, really, really good. And that's maybe my favourite beat on the album. Um, is I think Woodlawn is next. Mm. And I think it's kind of got a bit of a weird vibe. Like, I don't really... It's got that bit where he does the R.O.P. Kobe bit. And it kind of has his voice almost isolated to kind of highlight that part of the song. I don't really know how you can put that on a song and then a couple of lines later be like, oh, my dick's really big. Girls call me sexy. Like, if you're going to go for like a, an emotional moment, then have an emotional song. Like, he does it later in the album with the um, song about how much he loves his mum, which um, we all love our mums. But I don't think there was anything particularly unique about the song. Like, I don't think it was better than anybody else's I Love My Mum song. Like, I think it was just kind of, it was a song. Can I just say about Burden, a little fun fact, it was produced by this guy, Mac Weather, who mm. is from London. I'm not sure which part of uh, London, but he he's done bear shit with, like, Big Pig and Lava yeah. LaRue and people like that, and he's in 9-8 mm. Collective. So I was very surprised when I saw him on the production credits. Mm. But and shout out, Mac like Weather. I said, my favourite beat on that album. Mm. He's done a great job. Um, what I was saying was the Mama song, that can be skipped. Riri, that can be skipped. Uh, Easy, I don't like. It shouldn't be on the album. Becky, again, it's the kind of thing like I've spoken about before where there's a concept that's being introduced and it would be really interesting if he did it in a good way, but he doesn't quite do it in the right way. Like, it's talking about an interracial relationship and that is, and he's talking about the difficulties of that. And like that's a really interesting thing to talk about. But he's just like, oh, I'm fed up. And then he just kind of doesn't really go into much more detail on it. Um, and I think there's a lot of themes that come up just over, like a few times on the album that are explored again for no real reason. There's a few different love songs on there that aren't really painting any different pictures. Um, what's the one... Is it like consider not not the one with um, Young Thug? There's one that's called like complicated or consideration. Can't decide. Can't can't decide is a bad song. That's another one where it's the same. It's the same sort of thing that he's doing um, later on. Can't decide is the same as compensating. Um, no, not compensating. It's the same as Becky, but they're just both not that good and both not fully explored ideas. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, Sorry for just doing it all in one. <laughs> Sorry for just going in on a meaning. <laughs> what I would say is for Fetus, which... Uh, oh, I like that song. I, I mean, produ- uh, it's an injury reserve feature produced yeah. by Parker Corey. Um, and, I mean, that has something... Not that fucking making, having someone dead makes it a good album. But, I mean... Grogs died like a day or two before this got released or the day after mm. this got released. So having him have a lyric on there about his six-year-old daughter, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, no, but yeah, that's kind of what I was going to say is similar to Circles in that way and that like the context behind Circles is that he's saying all these things and it's almost like kind of prophetic that mm-hmm. he recorded these things about like mortality and uh, depression and things like that and then you're hearing it after he's died. Especially um, with, um, not to interrupt, sorry, especially with Everybody, that song, where, is, I'm not sure if you remember the way it's like, the chorus mm. is everybody's got to live and everybody's got to die. 
and the way that he delivers that and like the whole song oof, it's comforting and upsetting at the same time yeah what i would say about limbo is that um i mean you kind of talk like what i gathered from your argument was that like it touches on a lot of themes but then like you didn't really think it went into a lot of detail and because it's just one song in an album like it's not it doesn't go into it as much as it should i kind of just think this album is just about being a young adult like all the things it's kind of talk about about like i mean the first track like burden it's just like mm-hmm. how it feels to be black in america like, i'm pretty sure the first line is just like talking about how it feels to be black in america and then with Whitlaw, I think the first line is bury me before i'm a bird well that i mean yeah that's in the hook i mean of the of the first verse oh, okay of his of the verse yeah yeah um and then with like Woodlawn and the Covey skit, like it's just about transitioning from being a kid and like having all these, being carefree. And then suddenly you've got all these responsibilities and things like that. And then it's got a few relationship songs about Becky and Easy, which I know your opinion on, but I thought were pretty good. And Pressure in My Palms, as I mentioned like a billion times, is a lot about like just the media and pop culture and like how it feels to be a black guy living in America right now and how people perceive uh, black people in America. I think it definitely has a lot more going for it than you make it out to seem. And I think it mm-hmm. does... The reason why I think you say it doesn't... It does touch on a lot of things but doesn't go into it in so much detail is because it's just giving, like, this image of how it is to be this person. Like, in a kind of accessible way, like making it relate to so many young black Americans mm-hmm. and I think obviously none of us are young black Americans mm-hmm. but I think if you were a young black American you probably would relate to a lot of the things that he's talking about in this album in a way that we don't um, so I think it definitely has more going for it than you're making it out to seem. It does have a lot going for it but what I was saying is that the ideas that he's looking at are just kind of touched on there's things that he goes back to a few times and he never really adds any more detail. All those relationship songs, there's nothing much added to them there at all. It's just like, oh, I'm in a tricky situation. Or, oh, help me decide with this because I don't know what's going on. Or like, he just kind of touches on it and that's it. And then he just kind of is like, okay, that's what the song's going to be about. So he'll do that and then he'll just kind of get distracted and talk about something else. I do think the album is good, but like I said, I think there's quite a lot of skippable songs on there. I don't think Riri kind of has anything about it, and that was one of the lead singles. I I would skip that if I was listening to the album. I'd also skip um, Can't Decide. I'd also skip Becky and Easy. I think with Riri, the video definitely adds to it a lot, and because obviously it must have been filmed in lockdown, like quite a lot of it is just filmed on like laptop webcams and shit. But Mm -hmm. it has a lot of like young black women talking about how young black women are beautiful and how they're not Mm -hmm. kind of, kind of not promoted is the wrong word, but like given the recognition that they kind of deserve, that's a bad way to explain it. But I don't think that's really reflected in the lyrics particularly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe the video gives it another thing that it maybe is not in the album. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, I think it touches on a lot of things and does it well and paints a very good picture of what it is to be Amine. All the while through, he's, like, 
got really good bars, really good production. I won't lie, the Young Thug feature is quite shit, but I think that's just because I don't really like Young Thug. Um, no, I don't really like Young Thug, but I do quite like that song. Really? I, I, I think he kind of adds to the atmosphere of it, like he doesn't do anything wrong particularly. He just does what he does, do you know what I mean? I just really like the album. I, it's another one where like it's very much on my street in terms of production and like flows and things mm-hmm. like that and features. Um, and like there are definitely songs like that on Circles, but also quite a lot where, particularly in the second half, where I was like, yeah, these were not getting any playlists I'd make. Like they would kind of just be album tracks I'd never come back to. I really do disagree with that. Like I think a lot of the high points are on the second half of the album. Hand Me Downs is on the second half of the album, which is um, what Joe said was his favourite song. Um, I think Once a Day is a really good song. I also think Surf's a really good song. Like, I think... I did like Surf. I did like Surf. And that's the second last track. I think it does hold its own throughout the project. Yeah, I mean, I did did enjoy it quite a lot, but I would say all my favourite tracks are Blue World, Complicated, Good News, and that's all in the first songs joe you've got a decision bro yeah you know what's mad is i came into this round and i had my answer in my head yeah <laughs> i don't want to didn't want to admit that to you there was an answer mm-hmm. in my head and i was sure i was gonna put limbo through to the final can i just say aaron's tactics for these battles is to just talk about how bad my album is and not do a lot of chat about his albums, so it puts because you didn't criticize my album. I did. I responded to all the points you made. I did. I said second half tails off isn't as good, and you went, ah, I disagree. But then no, I then, gave then, examples then. of good songs in the second half. <laughs> you see, yeah, but, I, I, but you you could be like, Easy's a bad song, and I'd be like, Nah, Easy's a good song. It's the same thing. I simmer down, you man. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I thought. Jules, you were going to fight for your album so much more than you did. But I mean, it's just a question of like, I don't like Easy, I don't like Calm Decide. Like, I can't change that. And I think saying, oh, these songs don't touch on it enough, like, they do touch on it and it touches on a lot of things and it just kind of paints, like, being this person isn't as simple as saying it should just be touched on these few things. Like, there's so much, so many things going on in life that you can't just like, otherwise it'd be like a 30 song album. You know what I mean? But you've also, you've got to appreciate that each Matt Miller song, it's not about being everybody. Like, it's the same sort of thing where it's about how his life is and how difficult his life is. But all of his concepts are more fully recognised and fully explored. Whereas the Amine ones aren't, they don't go into as much detail and they don't resonate in the same way. Yeah, but what I would say is that Matt Miller has like some key themes where every song kind of touches on those themes whereas Amine has 14 songs that touch on like five or six different themes all kind of relating around what it's like to be a young black American and goes into less depth on each song whereas Matt Miller can go into more depth because there's like he's talking about one thing in particular but that is a mistake then you should but that's just creative you should that's just creative decision you know what I mean it is a creative decision, but if you were writing an essay and you made three really good points, that would be a really good essay. If you made 15 points that aren't explored in detail and they're not backed up by any arguments, then that's a bad essay. But that's just your opinion. 
Like I would that's say, that's not my opinion. That's I, no, no, no. But I would say that he does go into detail in these songs, whereas you're just saying, no, I didn't like them. But even you yourself said, I mean, Joe's already said that he made his. No, song, no, no, no. Even on, you man. yourself said <laughs> that in the video, it explores the theme so much better than the lyrics do. No, I just said it like emphasizes the point. You know what I mean? But the the argue, the stuff that you said exists in the video is a good thing to talk about, but it isn't present in the song personally when i listen to it but this is what i'm saying like we're just i say it is there you say it isn't there but you also <laughs> said it wasn't there i said it's <laughs> emphasizing the video i'm not saying it's not there but this is what i mean like this is why i think joe was swayed because i was just defending amine's album and then i don't know well that's just how it was let's not say joe was swayed <laughs> joe was swaying because there's still all to play for <laughs> But I think we're just going to end up going in circles. Yeah, we are no. going in circles. Ironically. So I think a decision has to be made. Wow. So <laughs> these decisions are actually getting tougher and tougher. Let's just say, Joe, that if you pick circles, like you've just been swayed by Aaron. Oh my God. You know what's <laughs> so annoying? You're, you're in his pocket. You know what's saying? Oh my God. trying to get in like, your head, bro. You know what's actually a waste, Andrews? You know why? Because I was about to pick Limbo, yeah? But now I feel like... Remember when people used to say smash in the school? They'd be like, oh, can I have a pencil? Smash. I feel like that's what you're going to do. I was going to say smash if I say Limbo. Oh, I don't even want to give it to either of you now. <laughs> it is a tight decision, to be fair. I'm going Limbo. I don't care if Jules smashes me or not. I think that is... No, I think that's the right choice. I'm not being rude. That is the wrong decision. Major on McNichols versus what kind of music? I mean, I don't think I've got that much more to say on what kind of music. Like, I I think I made my opinion pretty clear. Summarise it. Give us a one-liner. Musically, they are impressive, but it's not a good album listening experience. Whereas... Major on McNichols, we said, yeah, you have to be in the right mood for it. But it's like completely captivating, I would say. Like the storytelling on there, even if you weren't really listening, to have songs about how you were going to have twins and then they were both miscarried and then and like have lyrics about how your mum ran out on you and it made you hate your little sister and then you've got to kind of grow up and like the stuff that he's talking about is insane like it's so well executed the details that he goes into are kind of like effortless but they're really really well achieved um whereas i found the other album boring what i would say about manger and McNichols is this album is kind of like to me what to pimp a butterfly is like to me in the sense that i know it's a really good album like it has all the right components like critically it's good like analytically it's good but I don't enjoy listening to it that much and I don't particularly like enjoying listening to Timber Butterfly that much and like you and me have arguments all the time about Timber Butterfly versus Good Kid Mad City and I always say I like Good Kid Mad City is much better and admittedly, like Good Kid Mad City does have similar songs to, to Pimp Butterfly, like similar themes and stuff. But in a case of like, what do I prefer listening to? Then it's always uh, Good Kid Mad City. And I think it's a similar thing with these two albums. Like, 
it's important to have albums like Major and Nichols because like these things need addressing like it's good to have songs like this and albums like this even but I prefer listening to two guys who are just sick at music being like in their element like playing off each other coming up with their own themes as well kind of soundtracking uh their creative process in a way and as you said like it's really impressive what they do like musically and i'm more impressed by what kind of music than i am by major manicles see but we're in the same situation where we're both impressed by the other album but we prefer our own album Mm. i think it's the same sort of thing it's exactly the same thing because they're both collaborative projects where both musicians are really really good at what they're doing and i would also say that um it kind of just says a lot about you and me in general and i think something we already knew in that you much prefer like lyric heavy big like messages in the in the music kind of Mm -hmm. storytelling things and i'm much more focused on production and like how it sounds and also like lyrics as well but I would say that I prioritise how it sounds over the lyrics sometimes. But what about the production on this album, though? It's not as good as what kind of music's production. I don't think that you're giving it, like, any credit particularly. Uh, It's good. It's good. It's good. Don't get me wrong. It's good. It's good. But it's not as good as what kind of music. I mean, they're very different styles, obviously. But I think that, like, the ambition on the production alone is ridiculous like the kind of the intricacies of everything going on the construction of the sound is so impressive and it's so accurate to what they're trying to do that i don't think that can really be overlooked as just good like it's better than good it might not be your favorite album of the year but i think it is the best album that came out this year but i mean this is exactly the same as why i related it to good kid mad city versus to to Pimper Butterfly like the production on Pimper Butterfly is good and it's experimental and it's ambitious but I just think the production on Good Kid Mad City is just better and it's the same with these two albums I think Joe probably has to come to a decision like I, I, I you already know that I find that album boring and I can't get through it you man have like... basically made the exact like same arguments just in reverse <laughs> you know how <laughs> difficult this is to choose between <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit stressed tell you, out Joe, <laughs> no, don't say like, anything just more just like Drew. last week just like last week go with your heart <laughs> you're, you're a prick because we both know that Joe prefers the album <laughs> like but I really really I mean can I just say from last week we were saying you can't compare a dance track to a song with lyrics in terms of actual quality because you've got that extra layer of lyrical content and the lyrical content on here is ridiculous it packs such a punch and it's so gripping and it's like it's just so good whereas the lyrical content on what kind of music is just kind of it's a bit like just kind of free flowing it's to add a bit to the atmosphere but it doesn't really do that much but then again like i don't know this is why I'm saying, like, it's important to have albums like Major and McNichols, but mm-hmm. 
like you do feel it's kind of like what you were saying about circles in that it feels wrong to discredit it because what it's saying is so important but mm -hmm. like that shouldn't just kind of put it through automatically just because of like the context but it's the way that it's saying it it's not just that like otherwise i'd be saying that limbo was the greatest album of all time because he's able to talk about loads of different points it's not just that they're talking about it it's the way that they achieve talking about it well joe i think you should come to a decision okay well as as you know this is not what i'm what, what i'm saying i'm putting through i prefer what kind of music as an album but it's kind of what I was saying last time, Manger in McNichols. On, on McNichols? In McNichols? Yeah, on. On McNichols. Um, last time that came up in a round, it's like Aaron's argument. I don't know what it is about it, but makes me want to go and listen to that album. And I think that's credit to his argument because I really didn't enjoy it very much when I, <laughs> I listened to it. And because you're basically both saying the same thing but I'm that Aaron's argument is making me feel that way I think it has to go through all right let's have our final then I mean we've said probably most of what there is to say about these two albums I mean you know my opinion on them both I like it I feel like it could have been better Whereas I think Major and McNichols could not have been better. Like, I think everything that was done on there was done so, so well. And I really can't see how it could have been improved on. Mm. I'm not saying necessarily it's a perfect album because I don't really know what that would mean. But I do think it's everything they've done, they've done Aaron, out of out of curiosity, what do you prefer out of Manger and Nichols and Spimper Butterfly? I don't really know. I've not really thought about them side by side. I do feel like you kind of get with this album like a cross between Kendrick and Freddie Gibbs in the kind of delivery and the type of storytelling that is told. Um, I don't really think it does anything for me to compare it to Spimper yeah to pair it to compare it to to pimp a butterfly that was such a fucking difficult <laughs> sentence to say <laughs> i i think just i see it quite similarly to spimp butterfly in that as i said before like i know it is good it's just not really the album for me even though i think it's an important album whereas i think amine's album is very much for me it kind of takes all the boxes that I look for in an album. It has good themes throughout. Do you think every song is good? Like, do you skip any songs when you listen to it? The only part that I don't like is Young Thug's verse on Compensating. If you were listening to the album, would you listen to Riri? Yeah. I actually don't know what you man have against that song. I really like that song. I like it as well. Like, I, I just really don't think it does anything for the album and I, I do think that like there's a lot of points on the album where it's kind of stepping over old ground but not in a way that's adding anything and not in a way that's doing anything different so it just kind of is pointless it's not like it's revisiting a theme and having like a continuous thread throughout that makes it more interesting it just talks about the same kind of thing again because maybe they couldn't decide what song to put on there and so they've just put both on 
Uh, Whereas I don't, I don't, I don't think, think there's true. any wasted moments on Major McNichols. I don't like think that's true that. at all because you have like three love songs in Riri, Becky mm-hmm. and Easy and they're all kind of about different things. And then you have like those songs but then you also have things like uh, Woodlawn and Roots which are kind of similar themes but they're also very different songs as well. And also I haven't even talked about Shimmy which is just a fucking hard song. Shimmy is a good song. The, and I think that song is like a perfect bridge between old school hip hop and new school hip hop and how hip hop is developing for the better. Because so, I mean, everyone from every era will say, oh, the old shit's better than the new shit. But this is really a case where I feel like he's taken what was good about old school hip hop and developed it and been like, this is how we can transform hip hop for the better. And like in comparison to Manger and Nichols, like yeah, it's a very important album, but it's not one I'd really listen to that many times. I probably wouldn't listen to many of the songs again, whereas there are so many songs on Limbo that I would listen to again. But I think to say that, oh, it's updating old school hip hop, is to kind of completely overlook everything that's happening on Manger on McNichols. It's such an experimental album from someone that's traditionally like a gangster rapper for that to then come into a landscape of like chamber jazz and experimental like the beats are crazy but i am They're just not talking traditional about this one song. beats at all but i'm just talking yeah, about this one song and i'm saying that the whole album does what you're saying that that song does because it's so forward thinking and it's so different i you could compare you could compare to give two songs that have the same sort of theme you could compare Woodlawn to Welcome to 76 because they're both kind of songs about their come up and them turning into an adult with Welcome to 76 you've got like that hard hitting chorus and you've got the interaction between him and the features listed as First Lady Deja that is now Deja Loaf because that song was recorded, like, the original parts of it was recorded so long ago and now updated that she's since been a different artist for about four years. The deepness of his voice comes across like he's older and he's looking back compared to her, like, kind of childishness. You're getting, like, the two different stories of sides of the story. And I just think it's explored so much better than Woodlawn is, where I've said my problems with that song already. Um... And I just don't think it explores the theme anywhere near as well as Baldy James. But essentially what you're saying is just the feature makes the song better. And you could easily mm-hmm. have picked Fruits for the same comparison, which has like a sick feature from J.I.D. and a sick feature from Charlie Wilson. So I feel like you're just... But that doesn't... But I feel like you're no, just purposefully was... using songs that you already didn't rate for your own argument when you could have... But I still think that Welcome way. to 76 is a better song than Roots. I was I was saying that he's using the feature in a creative way because it's not just them coming on and doing a verse. You're actually making use of the tone of their voice to create a different layer to the story. But you could say the same thing about Amina and Charlie Wilson. Like Charlie Wilson is a lot older, has more of a soulful singing voice than Amina who is, and J.I.D. who both have rapping voices. Like it's the same comparison. But not done in the same way. And I don't think achieved as successfully. I think what I would just take away from both albums is that 
I probably couldn't name you other than Welcome to 76 because you just said it a single song name on Main Drum and Nichols because I listened to it and I was like okay I'm probably never going to listen to that again whereas there are but so but there are so many songs on Limbo that stuck with me but I don't think that really means anything because you've only listened to to it once and you listen to it as a whole album experience but the songs flow so so well from one to the other that you can't even tell like you don't know when one's starting and the next is finishing and I for me obviously I've listened to it more so I have more songs that stick out for me like I I really 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 like Detroit River Rock and I think the sample on there is used in such a creative and like such a interesting way I think Mummy Dearest is an, you could have, make another compar- comparison there between two songs about mums, but his is much more dark than I Love My Mum. But I think it's, again, a much better explored theme because he's actually going into details of his life and he's using... like The the sample on the end of that song from that interview that he does, I don't know if you remember, when the interviewer asks him like a question about what song his mum found most depressing. And like his voice is just like so sad but I don't know if depressing means depressing doesn't make it better no it doesn't make it better definitely but I just think it's a much better explored concept and it's gone into much more detail you actually get an understanding of why the relationship is like that alright Joe I'm going to press you for an answer (sighs) Jesus I really don't enjoy making these decisions for you (laughs) so I feel like whatever I say I might just lose a friend here tonight. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a horrible position to be. Um, so I think if the criteria for best album was what is the deeper album, Manger on McNichols would win. I mean, I'm not going to say anything. I don't think that's fair because I'm not going to do what Jules did. <laughs> but I do think it is a better album. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that's your, your whole argument. Um, I, I just that's how that's what I'm that's what I'm putting out there mm-hmm. um, but I think yeah the argument that Limbo doesn't necessarily explore topics particularly deeply I think I think it's flawed somewhat but also as I say that's not the only criteria like the fact that I don't even know what point I'm trying to make <laughs> But basically, what you're trying to say is that you enjoy Limbo more and that makes it a better album. No. Right, let me just think. People make good arguments and I forget them because it's FIFA by the ages. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope that makes the cut. (laughs) (laughs) You speak for bloody ages. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I think the winner is Limbo. It's been a whole year, my nigga. Let's not front. It's my year, my nigga. I'm here to fuck up your whole career, my nigga. Don't play dumb, dummy. You know what's the deal, my nigga. A lot of y'all fake flex, nigga. That is not your necklace. And then whipping yours, nigga. That's the IRS. I'm bigger than Texas. Me and God text message. Y'all see how easy lying is. It's easy to forget this. That's for loads of reasons. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's not. It's not. Both made very good arguments. Uh, I do think, yeah, if it was just about what album is deeper and like if you look at it from an analytical perspective, you might go with Manger and on McNichols. But I don't think we are just looking at it from an analytical perspective. I think that 
Limbo, yeah, touches on so many different things. I think deep enough to be satisfied. Do you know what I mean? I don't think you have to go to like the bloody root cause of every problem that you're or whatever you're going to touch upon to like have um, achieved your goal. As I've mentioned bloody loads of times throughout this podcast, I do genuinely want to give uh, Manger on McNichols a better listen uh, from what you said, Aaron. So don't take this as a as a fuck you. I don't like your argument. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think you've actually. <laughs> so, right. I'm I'm very impressed by how well you've sold me that album. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. What more can I say? It's fair. I mean, it's definitely an easier and more and like kind of more appropriate for situations listening experience I think two out of three of okay now I'm saying I would go back and listen to it but two out of three of us w- uh-huh. wouldn't have, have said they wouldn't listen to the album so it would be wild if that one the best album of all albums of the year <laughs> it's difficult because it's like a favourite versus a best in quality but I also I I kind of disagree because I think Amine's album is like, it is so good. Like, and I think that's what Jules is trying to say. Like, it's not just that, because mm-hmm. I think you're taking this as I like it more, which I do, but I think like it's in quality, it's actually so good. And it's like, I think as Jules was kind of saying in the earlier rounds of the argument, like it's his kind of, clearly his coming of age album, Jimmy, it shows a lot more maturity than he did in like previous albums. Mm-hmm. And I think that says a lot. Mm. Yeah. It's definitely his best album. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you picked that as a winner. And congratulations, Jules. Congratulations <laughs> to Amino. He really smashed yeah, it. Yeah. Y'all niggas really hate it. Get off my dick and my yeah. balls. Have you got honourable mentions that you want to do for um, your recommendations? I, for some reason stupidly only wrote the artist names and I can't actually now remember what any of the what any <laughs> go of the for it, go for it and we'll try and piece them together <laughs> um, you actually might be able to with some of them I can remember some of them um, Alfredo by Freddie Gibbs is mm-hmm. one of them but I actually didn't well I listened to it and I thought it was good but I didn't really listen to it enough um, Monster Florence Cowboys and Idiots I'm, I'm doing the ones that I remember the name of first um, Genioico or Genioico uh, Chilumbo. Really? I thought I was a bit boring to be honest, but... I think it was too long. That's what the problem was for me. I thought there was a lot of high points, but I think it was too long. Mm. Um, Nino, I think it was called Number 9. It's like a little EP. I actually didn't really know much about him until Danny Sanchez suggested him when he came mm. on the po- podcast, and I thought that project was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Brent Fire's album... Uh, was a little bit too slow but i thought it was really good um parallel sorry i'm kind of doing jewels now where i'm lifting loads but i've only got like two more <laughs> <laughs> the parallel ep was really 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 good i would have put it in but i don't like the song with um what's she called no is she called no yana or Nayana Z? yeah i didn't like that song and um, so that's why I didn't make it. And then the Gorillas album and the Cleo Soul album. Oh, the Cleo Soul album was this year. Yeah. That like, one of you lot should have had that in your top four. That is such an album. That is like it got honourable mention. That is <laughs> such an album. Yeah. So my ones 
honorable mentions energy by disclosure which i had like nailed on to be in my top four and then like on reflection i was like you know what there is actually quite a lot of filler in this album and i feel like the high points are so high but there are quite low points i wasted research time because i listened to that album just assuming that you were going to put it in Mm. Um, yeah i assumed i was going to put it in (laughs) I I, i listened to it just so i could make arguments against you and then you didn't even have it. <laughs> um, did you like it though? It's pretty good. Yeah, like I think it's good. It's probably not as good as Settle, but definitely better than Caracal. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, Circles by Matt Miller. I honorable mention. I just didn't put it in because you'd have it. Mm-hmm. Spillagen by Spillage Village, mm-hmm. which is like a group with JID and Earth Gang and Mariba and people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got some hard songs on there. And New Beginnings by Reason. I also really enjoyed. Mm. Um, yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Uh, I guess it's me next then. Uh, I'm going, I'm actually, I've prepared some today after yesterday. I mean, last week's shambles. <laughs> um, so I'm going for Miles from Kinshasa, mm-hmm. beloved. Uh, Kadiata, blind this summer. And um, George, almost an adult. And obviously, Cleo Soul, mm-hmm. whatever her album was called. Not Whiskey. Oh, sorry, I was only doing, um, yeah, Wizkid 2, J Huss. I, I assume the people know about those bangers. I mean, I'm going for the slightly niche choices. Yeah, but that was your album of the year, isn't it? Yeah, Wizkid, all day, every day. I think there's... I don't love the one with LMA, but apart from that, I think every song is literally popping on that album. Um, and also, what's, the, what's that thing called? Uh, the Silhouettes Project. That oh, album, yeah. That was a that was supposed to be an honourable mention for me, but it didn't. I didn't put it on because it's just like a collection. It's of like songs. a collection of songs, yeah. but it's so good. Like almost every song in that is actually banging as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Well, that was actually. For some reason, I now feel better about it since we've done our honourable mentions. <laughs> good. Good because I was worried you weren't going to talk to us for a little bit. <laughs> not a good. I was, the, I, was, <laughs> I was considering picking Aaron just to not vex him. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm not like that. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> don't, don't, don't spread rumours about me that aren't true. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for listening. If you can listen to all of our picks and our honourable mentions, then well done, because that is yeah, so is much music. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, enjoy yourselves. <laughs> yeah, and uh, see you next week for our person of the year or persons of the year. It will probably Ooh. be a slightly shorter episode because there's probably yeah, less for to sure. get into. But for yeah. sure. See ya. Bye. Peace out. See ya. It's no surprise that on my face it never shows.